If there's one thing you take away from listening to or watching today's podcast episode, it's that burnout is real. And if you feel like you might be burned out or you're getting there or you're already there, remember you have one shot at the life that you're living right now. Don't waste a single moment being burned out anymore. Take care of it. Take care of yourself and learn the stages of burnout and learn what you need to do to get to being better again. The society that we live in makes it feel like burning out is shameful, that we should be embarrassed about it. But if anything, it's a very real thing that lots of people experience. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Badassery. I'm your host, Christine Lozada. This podcast is meant to inspire you to be just 1% more badass today than you were yesterday. And I'm going to be honest, today's podcast episode is going to be really, really difficult for me to record because it's about how the thing I love the most, the thing that this channel and this podcast is about, travel, has completely burned me out. And it's something that started 11 months ago. And it's something that I just recently recovered from. So in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you because, you know, one of the things about being a creator and putting yourself out there, and this is not a flex, but on average, having a quarter million people looking at my oftentimes long form content, you got a lot of haters out there. There are going to be so many people having mean things to say about this, but you know what? It does doesn't matter because if you are at all feeling burned out, if you are at all feeling signs of, hey, maybe I am starting to burn out, then I want you to get ahead of this. And this episode might help you. And that's what makes it all worth creating in the first place. So I see you. I hear you. I am here for you. All right. On that note, let's, let's talk about it. Um, I'm going to focus on how I got over my burnout. But one of the first things just to note is, I don't know, maybe the people in your circle say this too, but when I would tell my loved ones, hey, like, I think I'm feeling burned out. So many of so many people would just be like, oh, you know, get some rest, get some rest, sleep more, sleep in tomorrow. You know what? Rest and sleep super important, but they do not give you your creativity back. If you're rested and you still don't feel like it, that's not good. That is a sign of burnout. And I will link in the show notes below the 12 stages of burnout in case that read might help you. Actually, you know what? I wrote down a few things and it was really painful for me to write this down. Um, because they were there were different ways I I knew I was burned out. Um, I had a few moments, really really low moments. So let me <laughs> let me admit to the world some of these lowest moments. Um, all right, this one. I oh I was this was right before I was about to go on an epic like super fun cruise. I was so excited. Like I was really excited about this, but I had just come back from a trip. And one of the things about me as a traveler, because of the way I travel and the amount of opportunities I've had the pleasure of saying yes to, um, I always keep two luggages packed. Um, I have one that I'm using 
And I have one that stays in South Florida where Meatball lives, um, actually where I'm filming this podcast episode right now, that is always packed. And there are a lot of times I will come back for just a 24-hour trip to say hi to him, to switch my luggage, and then leave again. And this was one of those trips. And 15 minutes before we were supposed to leave for the trip, I... Um, I collapsed. I collapsed and I couldn't get up for an hour. I literally laid on the couch and I couldn't move a muscle. Uh, I was completely exhausted. I was so exhausted I couldn't get up. Um, and to be honest, it was really difficult for me to breathe while I was laying on the couch. Uh, here's another low moment. Um, this was a really tough one for me because I was doing what I love maybe the most traveling, I guess I love the most, but close second to that is flying my drone. Exploring the world and traveling with my drones is the bomb shit. I love flying drones. And it was my 2022 goal to go to the travel conferences. I have a speaking coach and in 2023, I was going to work on speaking so that in 2024, I could speak at these travel conferences. And I had the opportunity that I found out about in February of this year, February, 2022, to start speaking in March, 2022. So a month later. And so not only am I traveling, but now I'm preparing to speak. I spoke twice this year. I've been asked to speak four more times, which I have declined. We'll get there. Um, but it was just too much. Uh, it was too much given everything I already had going on, but there was no way I was going to say no to this opportunity, right? When you speak, not only are you paid to speak, but they pay for your travel. And it's something I was going to anyway. And it was my goal in a couple of years. So all awesome things until it was the day I was supposed to speak. And I was in my hotel room and my, my vision went blurry. My vision went blurry. Uh, you can't teach someone how to drone. You can't look at a drone controller if your vision is blurry. My vision completely blurred out and I couldn't see and I literally did not know what to do. I had blurry vision on and off. Luckily, it went away after that moment. I laid there for like 20 minutes um, drinking tons of water trying to like, I didn't even know what to do. I put like an ice pack over my eyes uh, before going to speak on drones. But that is something I'm admitting to. Um, my vision was blurry on and off for about three months. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. Uh, here's another one that's um, really embarrassing in a low moment. I was en route to go to this amazing 4th of July party at a mansion that was right on the river. And I was about to drone amazing fireworks that were going to be set off at this mansion. And when I landed at the airport and I landed after flying back to back to back uh, between six different cities over like a four week period of time. I had a nervous breakdown at the airport. I had a nervous breakdown at the airport, couldn't stop crying. Everybody coming off the, this is a very small airport, looking at me, it was really embarrassing. And instead of taking the one hour Uber ride to the mansion, I took the 20 minute ride, checked myself into a hotel and I just wanted to go to sleep because I was so exhausted. I was so beyond exhausted. But you know what? I couldn't sleep because I was so upset. And so I ended up spending the next 26 hours just crying. It was the worst. All right. There you go. That's burnout. Super embarrassing. Very difficult for me to admit. But those are just a couple of the many low points that I had where I just knew like, whoa, 
we need some drastic changes and it's time to do something about it. I was not feeling creative during this time and my job is to be creative. I just, I didn't feel like doing anything. I just felt like I had lost control and I felt like the physical effects. That's the other thing. A lot of people just think burnout is being tired. Consider checking out the episode I did with Yancey. We almost lost Yancey. Um, and he talks very honestly about his burnout and how that has led him to create a retreat center in Puerto Rico to help others in the corporate world to not get to burnout. In my own corporate life, working at Walmart and Amazon, burnout was a dime a dozen. I have so many friends who have been hospitalized. This is not okay. It's this culture is not okay. And it's so important to get ahead of it. So make sure you check out that resource of 12 stages of burnout and Yancey's episode. But let's talk about the more important part, which is what are some of the things that you can do to get over your burnout? And this is the part where listening to yourself and what makes you truly happy and truly you is super, super important. And for me, one of one of the things that's so important for me is my environment. My, I am deeply affected by the places I am spending time. And one of the things about being able to travel and speak and go to these conferences is <laughs> I was not in any of the places I'm I would call my happy place. I was in a lot of really fun, awesome places, but I was in cold places like Seattle and Portland. Oh, it's freezing. I, I went through uh, my entire winter's worth of hot hands that I used for skiing while I was traveling in New Orleans. New Orleans is an amazing place, but I was in these cities back to back so far away from the ocean. The ocean and the beach are my happy place. I was in Memphis. I was in Kansas City. I, I was in all kinds of weird places that I wouldn't normally be drawn to. It was so awesome to explore. But these aren't the places that call my name. And so, like I mentioned, I had the opportunity to go on and speak the rest of this year and have my travel paid for and be paid to speak at different conferences. But what I realized was I really needed to go to the ocean. If I were in the place that truly makes me happy, I think I will find myself being happy again. And so I jumped on an opportunity to teach drones and fly my drone in the Bahamas. And I lived in the Bahamas for a month. It was awesome. I spent every day building my drone course, flying drones all day long, taking a break to go paddle, and then just chilling and doing whatever I wanted. And that really brought me back to health. Being in, on, and around the ocean makes me so happy. I had the opportunity to do a completely disconnected 12-hour walk, a challenge by Colin O'Brady to not just me, but you and the world. Check out that podcast episode with Blake. Um, and I also vlog about that day as well. It's definitely something I think everybody needs. I'll talk about my learnings from that day in a separate episode as well, linked in the show notes. Um, but being in my happy place and doing things like paddling, like flying my drone, like doing that disconnected walk really brought me back to myself. The next thing is I am such a big proponent of movement. Um, here's something you, you might know about me, but you might not know about me. Um, for 15 years, actually no longer, 
let's just call it 15 years. Um, I was a fitness instructor. I taught group exercise classes in every kind of group exercise you can think of. I mainly taught cardio kickboxing, um, but I also taught yoga. I taught spin classes. I taught hit classes. I taught boxing. I taught hot hula. I taught uh, trampoline classes, all kinds of stuff, TRX. Um, anyway, all that to say, movement and physical exercise. When you can move your body, you can move your mind to a different place. Movements don't have to be strenuous or big or anything. Just movement in general is really important. And finding a way that you can move that makes you happy is really important. And so I talked about paddling in the Bahamas, but I also started doing a bunch of like ridiculous things, ridiculous movements, because the other thing is laughing is medicine. Find ways to make yourself laugh. Doing twerk yoga is funny. Uh, if you're like twerk yoga, what is that? Whatever you imagine is probably it. Like it's weird. It's super weird. And so I went to a bunch of twerk yoga classes, uh, which were super fun. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, you look, the last thing you look doing twerk yoga is sexy. It's just the funniest thing. But when you can be doing that with a bunch of other people who know they also look ridiculous and you can all just laugh at, you, laugh at yourselves, um, it, an amazing thing happens. So I went to twerk yoga. And the other thing I did is I bought a pair of rollerblades. I have not rollerbladed since I was like 12, maybe like nine. But it, what's funny about rollerblading is it's something, oh man, when I was nine, I was good, like really good at rollerblading. Now that I'm not nine, uh, I suck at rollerblading. In fact, like it's not like riding a bike where you're like, oh yeah, this is how you do it. No, it, rollerblading now is like I never even rollerbladed in the past. Like I don't remember anything about how to do that. And learning to rollerblade again, not it, it does two things. One, it makes you laugh at yourself because I'm an adult who's rollerblading around and I, I look very ridiculous. I'm very good at going straight. But anytime I need to turn, I can't turn. I go straight and I come to a complete stop and then I like turn in place and do a full 180 to be able to go in a different direction. It's very, very ridiculous looking and very, very embarrassing. So feeling silly and this kind of movement is awesome. Uh, that's number one. The other thing, being able to laugh at yourself in general, especially as other people are laughing at you too, is a really important skill to have. And I would say the last part is having empathy for yourself. It was so interesting what my mind went to, both in twerk yoga and this, when I first started. Like the first time I did my downward dog while twerking, or the first time I went down the driveway while rollerblading. It's like, how come I can't get this? How come I can't figure it out? Come on, Christine, you should know how to pop out of the womb and rollerblade like an expert. Like, As adults, we don't allow ourselves to fail. As adults, we don't allow ourselves to look dumb. And it's important to because <laughs> life isn't, in my opinion, life is way more fun when you are less serious. And so the first few times I just embraced the suck. Actually in the 50th time that I did twerk yoga, I still suck. It, I, I look dumb. It just, you're not supposed to look cool when you do that in my opinion. Um, but having empathy for myself and it's just so important to really tune in with the voice that's in your head. 
This is the voice that's with you all day long. And it's so important that that voice is your cheerleader, is the one encouraging you to get up again, is telling you this, you might look ridiculous, but this is so much fun. Like enjoy it and and keep keep turning the way you're turning on those rollerblades like the ridiculous person you are. So move in the way that makes you happy. Um, I'm really thankful because I have a partner, Meatball, who's willing to do things with me. And so we've been going to salsa classes also. Oh man, we're awful. We're awful together. What's interesting is I uh, I danced salsa for many, many years in studio. Um, but he and I together are awful salsa partners, but it's so much fun. So find movement that works for you. All right, the next one, focus on what's important to you and do it for you. Oh, this is seemingly such an easy one, but such a difficult one. Uh, let me give you some examples. I canceled all of my speaking gigs. I said no to a ton of other free travel. Um, I have a stack of business cards of people who would love to work together with me. I, the, this list is going to keep going on where if I were to say this to loved ones, they would say, oh my God, like what? Why, would, why aren't you doing that? Oh, you, you shouldn't walk away from that. You're missing out on that opportunity. No, don't say no. You have to do that. But you know what you have to do? You have to do the things for you. You have to do the things that truly make you feel good and feel right in your gut. Because at the end of the day, the life that you're living is the life that makes you happy. When I used to live the life that everybody expected of me, oh man, I was crushing it. I, I was married to an Ivy League athlete doing business strategy for a humongous bank. I was working for Walmart and Amazon, making great money, living in New York City. I bought a $1.1 million condo in San Francisco. That looked good on paper. I lived the life that everybody expected of me, and I was so miserable. That life sucked, sucked. Everything about it sucked. And I am so happy. I don't live that life anymore. <laughs> if I could take it all back and go back to that life in an instance, I, I wouldn't. I absolutely 1000% would never want a day in my old life. I miss plenty of people, many of which who I'm still in touch with. I miss those cities. I can travel back to them. That life was not for me. That life made everybody happy except me. And so you got to do it for you. You got to do the things that make you happy. And one of the things that is really important to me is having a lot of love in my life. At the end of the day, it's all about people. One of the things I think about sometimes is what is the ultimate punishment that our United States society gives to people? I mean, well, there's the death sentence, so your life. But the second cruelest punishment is solitary confinement, is taking someone away from everybody else. In other words, taking someone away from the people that they love. And so when you think about it in that way and reverse it, the most important thing is spending time with people you do love. And so I've really 
change my schedule to spend as much time with Meatball as I can, having a great time with him. Or when I went to San Diego, I spent time just with my immediate family. And as I was overcoming burnout, it was hard because you know they still have the everyday expectations of me to go be social, to go hang out with other people. Oh, come on, let's just go do this. Or like, oh, wow, you have that opportunity. You should do that. And so it's still a challenge. But for me, spending time with the people I love and going back to you got to do what's right for you do it within the capacity that you're capable of. I would say one of the lowest moments in my burnout was I love, love, love my aunts. And they happened to be outside the house, um, uh, my parents' house when I was staying there. And, you know, my mom was like, come on, come outside, come outside and say hi really quick. I was at such a low moment in that moment. I I literally couldn't speak. I was so exhausted. I was so exhausted. I had just come back from so many trips and I was exhausted. And I, I just couldn't. I could barely even stand up at that moment. But those are the things that they just, they'll never understand. And you got to do it for you. And in that moment, I, I went to sleep. I, I couldn't do anything. So I just went to sleep. Um, again, low moments, but make the right choice around what makes you happy. And also, you know, be really careful about who you choose to spend your time with as you're coming out of burnout. Not everyone will accept you for where you're at in your journey, and not everyone will encourage you in the way you need to come out of your burnout. So be careful about who you spend your time with um, and how you spend your time. Another thing that I did was I completely decluttered. I decluttered my mental space and I decluttered my physical space. And so what I mean by that, so my mental space, when I came back from all of these trips, I had 72, 72 long form videos in the hopper. On one hand, you could say, yo, Christine, don't film this podcast episode. Um, just go make those videos because those videos will make you money. But on the same note, will they make me happy? In other words, if I could help one person with this story, that's all that matters to me. And so I chose to can, to not do the majority of those videos. Um, yeah, I saved all the footage. Maybe I'll come back to it later, but you know what? I'm just not going to do it. Anything that I was like obligated to do, paid to do, things like that. Yeah, I made them, but things that would have been icing on the cake, nah, I decluttered my mental space by just saying, no, I'm not doing those things. Or um, I also did things like anything that wasn't serving me, as simple as I unsubscribed from a million things, uh, whether people on social media that did not serve me, emails that I was getting all the time that were just cluttering my inbox. I just needed peace of mind. And so find ways to declutter your mind. And I also decluttered my space. One of the things about me is when I'm traveling a lot, I don't necessarily always have time to unpack. So things just get increasingly messy. Uh, and I was oftentimes where I'm filming right now, working in an office space that looked like a tornado went through it. And I just decided to just donate anything that I could. Um, and I went through and I donated tons of camera gear I'm not using, things in the office I'm not using, and started bringing in a few items that make me truly happy. 
I'm a really big fan of Marie Kondo's The Joy of Tidying Up. It's a book in which if you cannot hold that object in your hand, that possession in your hand and feel joy in your heart, boom, give it to someone else who will. Um, and I, I'm really big proponent of that in choosing what I own and also choosing who is in my life and who is not. During this time, I let go of a few friendships. I let go of a few friendships where I realized that there were people in my life who expected a lot out of me who really wanted me to listen, but never wanted to listen to what I had to say, who always wanted my advice, but who would never even really take it anyway, who just needed someone to vent to, but didn't want to listen to what I had going on in my life. And so I chose very carefully, they cannot hold that relationship in your heart with a lot of love. It doesn't mean you have to sever it. It doesn't mean you got to burn a bridge. It simply means put that book on the shelf. You don't know where people are in their journey all the time. And I'm not going to assume that they're going to be like that forever. I might pick that book back, back up again later and get back to it, right? But I decluttered my mental space, my physical space, and a lot of my relationships. And so that was the next thing, decluttering, which by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, how am I going to remember all these things? Uh, check the show notes below. There's a full blog post that lists all of these out um, in case that helps you out. Um, the next thing, actually, this is really tied to the last one. Hang out with people that give you the care that you need. I actually picked up a lot of those books, i.e. relationships, off the shelf and reopened them because there are some people in my life who are really like who have experienced burnout. Um, themselves who I've lost touch with, who I really just wanted to hear their story again and get their advice as well. Um, and so not only that, I also opened up my relationships and went to different places. I joined an accountability circle, um, which I will link in the show notes below, uh, April of the Cheerful Mind and Gary Ware, who's all about bringing play into your life, finding that childhood play again awesome people, but they have an accountability circle. And the accountability that I needed was to make sure that I was regularly practicing self-care. I was still, you know, in coming out of my burnout, crushing it on the work front. I was doing a lot, but I was more careful with my time and how many breaks and fun activities I was building in and where I was doing it, right? In the Bahamas. But that accountability circle and bringing in the right people to support me and give me the care I'm looking for during this time really, really helped me. Um, and I'm so thankful for them. And going back to books on the shelf, I actually shelved that book. I realized they really gave me the support and the accountability that I needed. But then I realized I'm done with online relationships. Ah, I don't want to say done with online relationships. I don't want to spend the majority of my social time being social with people remotely or virtually. I want in-person experiences. And so that accountability circle, the online twerk yoga classes I was doing, I told the instructor, anytime you're doing an in-person workshop, yo, I'm there. But for the online stuff, I'm done for now. Um, I was really craving in-person experiences. And so 
making sure I have the right kind of people, making sure you are surrounded with the right kind of people to give you the care that you need. Super important. I also have a friend, Gabby. She's been on this podcast. She gave up her corporate life to become, to travel and to write. Uh, Make sure you check out her podcast episode. But she and I have a little check-in and I have a bi-weekly reminder on my calendar that says, see something, say something, which is if you feel like you might be burning yourself out, yo, send Gabby a text, have an accountability partner um, that you can just quickly connect with and make sure you keep yourselves in check. Um, When you're a demanding individual of yourself who's a high performer, uh, it's just hard sometimes, you know, I, we get caught up in wanting more, doing more, because we see the opportunities, but more is not always better. Uh, More is not always better. All right, my last one for you. This is a fun one. This was a fun one for me every morning, and I hope it's a fun one for you. Create a morning you're really excited for. Mornings, for some people, are like, like it's the morning and so are some people it's like crap it's the morning like not a morning person i hate mornings i can't get out of bed like fill in the blank create a morning routine that you're so excited for i had a great morning routine that really went aside when things got really busy and then my mornings jumped straight into doing the hardest work first and i realized i needed to build more fun and more excitement into my mornings because the way you propel yourself into the day is a big indicator for how that day is going to go. And so I'm always a fan of making your bed. Make your bed as soon as you get up. If everything fails that day, you have at least succeeded in making your bed. So make your bed and get something done in case everything else falls apart. And then the next thing I would do, and I'll link this in the, in the show notes of this podcast episode, I would dance. And a lot of mornings, like I didn't really feel like it, um, but, and I would only do it for like two minutes. And I love the fitness marshal. He is so ridiculous, but he has all these dance routines on YouTube that I L-O-V-E love. And they just make me laugh. And I would just throw one on and I would follow along and do these very easy to follow along, but very ridiculous dances every morning. And so I would start my day off by making my bed, doing these dances, and then really enjoying my cup of coffee. I love Nespresso. Oh my God. Uh, I would make myself a Nespresso coffee and just enjoy it. And so these are some of the many steps that I've taken to overcome burnout. If there's one thing you take away from listening to or watching today's podcast episode, it's that burnout is real. And if you feel like you might be burned out or you're getting there or you're already there, remember you have one shot at the life that you're living right now. Don't waste a single moment being burned out anymore. Take care of it. Take care of yourself and learn the stages of burnout and learn what you need to do to get to being better again. The society that we live in makes it feel like burning out is shameful, that we should be embarrassed about it. But if anything, it's a very real thing that lots of people experience. And so I've 
very honestly shared a lot of my very embarrassing low points, but I hope these stories have helped you. And I hope that some of the ideas that I've shared have helped you to consider testing them out. And if you're feeling burned out, I hear you, I see you. Shoot me a message, um, connect with me on social media. I have a bunch of links in the show notes below. I'm here to listen to your story. If no one else is, go forth. Be badass. We'll see you in the next episode. Ciao.